Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote. And again, we have a guest with us. Michelle is back. She was with us last week. And we kind of stopped right in the middle of her story. So this week, what we're doing is picking up. Um, If you didn't catch last week's episode, then definitely do that. Um, You can go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and catch all of our back episodes there, along with show notes and any verses we mentioned and other stuff like that. So last week, Michelle shared with us how she kind of always grew up believing in God, a Methodist family, but an abusive family background, wasn't healthy, left a big hole in her heart for family and connectedness. Um, she did a lot of religious searching as a teenager and then in her early 20s and uh, through a number of other things, found the Mormon church. Visited by the Mormon missionaries, uh, was baptized, went to a singles ward, uh, married a return missionary, and was married in the temple, and started having children. But Lynn, you kind of alluded at the end of last week's program that it didn't all stay as, I guess, idealistic and nice and as people would maybe hope, and as often the whole family forever picture is painted within Mormonism. So Michelle, that's kind of where we left off. So feel free to take us with your story from there. Okay, so uh, this is great to be back. And I we left off where uh, I was starting a young family. And um, when I... When I had joined the um, the Mormon Church, I left a lot of Christian friends behind. Um, I failed to say that I I was um, expected to be engaged to a person who a, a young man who went to Colorado Christian University, and he was mm-hmm. waiting until he was. Um, going to graduate for us to be engaged and and then get married. And I left that for the Mormon faith. Um, Wow. And and that was difficult because I I left that family at Foothills Bible Church, um, my friends, but they did stay around, which was um, in terms of praying. And so I do want to say that prayer um, works and it to never stop praying for friends that are that either go to the Mormon church or are looking into it to please pray. Um, okay. That that so, moves a lot. So did some of those friends continue to pursue you even after you joined the Mormon church? Uh, they didn't really. They were all young. You know, we were all in our twenty early twenties, and I I don't think many of us knew about what the Mormon church really was. They just knew that it wasn't. Right. So I don't think that sure. they really knew how to be able to tell me uh, not to go. 
now, <laughs> right? I, or or even necessarily what was wrong. I want to yes. put a little caveat here on the next part of her story. Um, her temple marriage and relationship was didn't turn out to be the perfect Mormon family that she had hoped. However, <laughs> Mormons do not shut your mind at this point and say, well, that's why she left the church, right? Because I think she's told me that's not why. <laughs> okay. So Go yeah, ahead, so, please. Yeah. yeah. So continue then, Michelle. Um, let's see. Well, I was very active in the Mormon church. Um, I believed it was true. I attended the temple with my friends, with um, anybody who would go temple hopping. I loved temple hopping. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so for so for our non-LBS <laughs> listeners, what is temple hopping? <laughs> we did it too, Michelle. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a wonderful thing. So uh, temple hopping is where you go and, and visit as many temples as you can. Uh, and to be able to see, I, I loved going to the temple grounds. Uh, I, I felt really close to God there. Um, and I enjoyed even putting my hands in the water. Um, just anything to be able to feel, I felt like that's where God was. Okay. So you, there was a hyper-emotionalism attached yes. to faith. Yes, because that was told to me that that was God's house. Right. And whenever you felt that emotional rush, you were told that that was God's spirit. Spirit, you were right? Yes. Confirming everything. Yes. And again, so, so when you say temple hopping, it's not like there are three temples in a city and you go from one <laughs> to one. This involves some major road tripping, right? Because... Um, sometimes there's only one temple in a state. Now in Utah, there's multiple, but where were you at the time? Colorado, um, right? I was in Colorado, but I only went to the Denver temple there. But then we moved to uh, Utah um, at uh, about six years after uh, I became um, a member of the of the Mormon Church. And okay. so, so I and then we lived in Utah for about six years before moving to Alaska. So this was. During, a lot, during Utah times, there and there were, um, I went to the Salt Lake Temple, um, which there were live sessions inside, which means that you didn't have a movie. <laughs> um, right. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, an incredible experience for me as a member of the Mormon Church. Um, um, so if, now that we're up in Alaska, now that I'm up in Alaska, there's only one temple here. Uh, about an hour from us. So, um, okay. so it was more so, so down there. Yes. So how many years total then were you an active member of the LDS church for 30 years? Okay. All right. So the majority of a lifetime then. Yes. So, and yes, and I was, uh, I, I really loved activity in the church because it kept me very engaged in my, my Mormon family. Um, and I, uh, I think the more I did, the more that I felt that God would approve of me and be able to reach those higher, um, uh, I, I don't know, kingdoms, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. of the audience here. So, <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So after 30 years of active service to the LDS Church, what changed? 
Well, during during those 30 years, there was quite a bit of abuse that happened within the walls of my home. Um, and and I realized when I realized how bad it was for my kids and me, um, that led to divorce. And um, oh. and I want to say that God moved in many ways. He we had a Christian counselor who was a previous uh, pastor um, mm. and he led me to be able to get to the point that, I mean, he said straight out to me that I wanted healthy in our relationship and I would not find it with him. And at that point, that was a turning point for me to know that um, that there was no hope. It, there was no more enduring to the end. There was no waiting for perfection in uh, in after this life, it was an ending point. And mm -hmm. so some of my identity was starting to be whittled away. Okay. And so your husband wasn't open to counseling, counseling wasn't helping. Um... Um, we went to it off and on throughout our marriage. Um, it was always attributed to, to a communication error or problems. Um, however, this particular Christian counselor um, knew a lot about uh, narcissism. And yes. so he started bringing out things that I wasn't aware of. So it shed a new light on right. things that this was uh, something that could not be fixed. Right. So you got a clear context of what was happening and why it was happening. Exactly. Except but Jesus which I always say, right? Right. <laughs> when it's impossible, but <laughs> Jesus, right? Yes, and I was never led that way in in when I was in the Mormon church. I was never led to um to depend on Jesus. I was never led to um to um praying, yes, but always book of Mormon and serving others and that it would cure and fix what was going on in our home and it didn't. Okay. So how does God start using this? Because at this point you're still, I mean, you're still LDS, right? Even though you and your Mormon husband are going to a non LDS pastor, Christian counselor, you're still, I mean, at this point, do you have any doubts in the LDS church itself? No, at that time I did not. Um, I wasn't quite sure what that really looked like in terms of um, divorcing. Uh, that was very frowned upon, and yes. um, and so I, it it really caused me to feel like I was a failure. Um, that there was no way that I was going to fit into this church. That family was everything, and people would say, "Well, you'll find someone else," you know. Um, I started questioning uh, temple marriages, how that worked um, in terms of, um, you know, would he still, would I still be sealed to him even though I wasn't married to him in this life? And at that point, that was pretty scary. Um, I, I was very fear-driven uh, by all of the events that happened within our home, but then also 
uh, within the church, um, the things that were being told to me caused me to, to be very fear-driven. I couldn't ask questions outside of the church. Uh, I didn't know where to go, really, at that sure. point. Yeah. And you told me you had some church leaders that were aware of the abuse and yet still supported your husband, correct? Yes. Uh, we did have some uh, uh, abuse that happened in the home that uh, actually happened with my children. And a bishop had told us to not report it to the police and to that he would go ahead and uh, basically take take our, our one son under his wing and counsel him, but he was not a counselor. So oh, wow. being a foster parent and knowing about mandated reporting, um, it mm -hmm. did not set well with me, um, but I didn't know what else to do because they are put so much higher than you that they can heal anything, that they can take care of things. So, uh, but because of that, that lack of reporting, the abuse continued in our home and oh, devastated more oh, children. And it finally, uh, when it was reported again, um, I was in the hospital and just had a three month premature baby. And uh, so it was a very devastating time when, when it should have been a joyful time of having our ninth baby. So yeah. And so was the baby born prematurely as a result of abuse? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me about some of your difficulties after the divorce. Um, after the divorce, um, it, I was um, uh, homeschooling my children at, at home, obviously. Uh, we were uh, pretty sheltered up here uh, in Alaska. Um, there were, it, it sort of plummeted the second time that we moved up here. Um, we've moved up here twice. And all of these events that we were just talking about with the uh, bishop and the, um, the abuse within the children, that was in Washington. So when we moved up here to Alaska the second time, <clears throat> it really plummeted at that point. Um, we were in a very small cabin um, that was uh, about 1,100 square feet, and there were 11 of us. Wow. Um, <laughs> we didn't quarters. have, yeah, it was tight quarters. Um, and a lot of financial abuse was happening at that time to where um, I had $1,200 a month for uh, for all needs for um, food and clothing and homeschool items and Christmas and, you know, all oh, that stuff. Can't imagine. Um, and so In Alaska, it's expensive. It is. Yeah. But there are, I, I do have to say that I see God in that too, because um, through that, I was taught to be very thrifty and to make a dollar stretch. Um, mm -hmm. And... And it has helped because of, of what's happening currently. So, um, um, so I, I think, you know, God moves through all sorts of events to be able to line it up perfectly for, for good. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so how does among in the excuse me, in these difficult times, then um, about four years ago, three things kind of changed in your life. Tell us about that. Well, uh, about four years ago, um, our divorce had finalized, and um, and I was able to uh, purchase a home through uh, a, a program through the government for for families who have children. Um, and and are you still in Alaska at this point? Yes. Okay. Um, so we, I, we moved, or I moved in here with my, uh, then I had eight children at home still. And, um, and then I had a Christian friend come into my life. She's now a friend, but she, she wasn't then just cause I had just met her, but she, uh, was our, my, uh, math tutor for my children. And, uh, her name is Laura. So I'll refer to her quite often actually. Um, uh, and I also had um, my ex went to the local leaders in the church up here with uh, my bishop and a stake president, which is over all of the wards in the area here. It's just so that sure. there's, yeah. um, and went to them and told them the things that he was doing, but put my name on them. So it devastated me in this area in terms of, um, uh, being able to have that church family again. So, mm -hmm. um, so because of that, it, it caused a pretty, pretty deep line in for me to be able to uh, either receive help, to be able to receive blessings for my children, which are praying over them, um, to be able to um, receive callings, uh, there were things that, you know, if I didn't attend this particular ward that my temple recommend and the four of my children who had also received temple recommends, uh, that those would be stripped from us. Uh, there was a and lot yet, of... And yet your husband had gone to the leadership of this ward and, and basically made false accusations about you and yes. things that were happening. Yes. So as so, close as we are getting to the end, I want to get to Jesus. Yes. So besides um, Laura, you told me that Caleb, Christian Radio, yes. also came into your <laughs> life and that you began to attend a Bible study. Yes. Lots of wow. things happened How did those years things all ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, music has always been a real big part of my life. And just like I said in the last one with Amy Grant and, and Sandy Patty being very deeply ingrained in my music, um, in my youth that Caleb, um, we had been listening to that. We started listening to it about four years ago, um, just on our radio, even though we were LDS, I thought that they applied to the, the LDS, uh, um, Jesus and God. So, uh, anyway, miraculous things happened with, with music through this whole time. Like answers to prayer or? Uh, I think where I listen to the words of the music more so than the tunes. Uh -huh. And the words of the music brought me to, um, um, brought me to what God thinks of me and what Jesus did for me. Mm -hmm. And 
that started shaping, um, I think, how this next four years really, really went. Right. And I mean, very often in contemporary Christian music, grace is such a huge theme. So yes, where were you in terms of just understanding grace, feeling a need for grace? How does that how does that start to play into where you're at spiritually? Well, grace, I didn't really understand uh, the Bible grace that is taught by Jesus in the Bible until about I'd say about a month and a half ago, wow. um, I thought that it was the grace w with after everything that I do. Mm -hmm. So there's a very big difference, a stark difference between the grace that is taught in the LDS church is their eighth article of faith. That's very different. And it's very challenging for my children to even understand it now because of what has been told to them. So the grace that I have found now is, is a gift and you can't work for gifts. And I think that has made all the difference in terms, and that was very hard for me to understand that I couldn't do anything to be able to receive that and to be able to keep it because it's always there. Wow. So you told me in Bible study, the story of Ruth and Boaz had had great impact on you. Yeah, this is getting closer to now. Uh, um, I, I asked my friend Laura for to see about going to a Bible study about, I would say, about a year ago. Um, that didn't work out, but, you know, everything's in God's timing. So um this particular one started this year in 2020. Um, and I started attending it at her church, a Christian church. And, and it showed me by going to that Bible study that showed me an incredible um, God that I didn't know. And the kind of love that he offers through through Boaz in, in the book of Ruth. And I thought this was going to be a real easy study. I mean, the book of Ruth is really short. So I was thinking, how yes. can we do seven <laughs> weeks in Ruth? And it was absolutely phenomenally amazing to be able to break that down into that, looking at Boaz as, um, as a kinsman redeemer as a kid right and that is what i needed was to be able to take me from where i was to where he wanted me to be so and that kinsman redeemer means right that he took someone who's desperate uh -huh. and offered them what they needed as a free gift, uh, certainly a picture of Christ, right? As our kinsman redeemer. And yes. then when he does that, we get adopted into his family. So tell, yes. tell me how that happened for you. <laughs> well, I think the adoption into the family would recap my entire life. I was looking for family. I was looking for love. I was looking for acceptance. And last summer, 
in 2019, um, I had gotten to the point of I had been rejected by my mother and um, and I went to this LDS family that what I said in the last podcast was had become my LDS family and had talked to them about an adoption into their family so I could be sealed together with them forever. Um, and we looked into it uh, through the temple. We looked into it through um, through the legal points, through the courts. And I went out to their their place and um, and some of their their family thought that it was for the wrong reasons. And uh, this inheritance is a really big deal to me, but it's not the inheritance of finances. It's the inheritance that I was looking for was actually the inheritance that I get through being in God's family. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that would be what the, the forever family was in the temple of being sealed to them. However, it's God moved in that and did, and it did not go through, which is wonderful because now fast forward to um, more recently is that I found out what God's family was. And that was a pretty, I would actually say that was a very painful process right before I laid everything at Jesus's feet. Wow. And that's where we're going to have to end today's podcast. Uh, Michelle, I know there's more to your story. I think some of the best is yet to come, but we're going to have to jump into that next week. So thank you so much for being with us. And thank you to you, our listeners. We're so glad that You've chosen to be a part of this episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we do the conclusion of Michelle's story. Thank you so much. Grace and peace to you until next time. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.